living like a million since I got you living in. We all are pieces of a whole with different feelings to evoke. Distinction to the role, different players, different strokes. But let me tell you about one thing. Now the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, so we're back on WPTF. We're at Campbell Road Nursery, 919-860-9783. Mike Riley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston is with us, of course, and Dan Stern, who is uh, the uh, director of the Botanical Gardens in Chapel Hill, North Carolina Botanical Gardens. Uh, we're at Phil Campbell's place, Campbell Road Nursery. Phil, you got any... Uh, Good stuff going on today. We do. We haven't talked about it. I know. It's, um, we do actually have. We've got, um, oh, wow. You know, we talk about the uh, apple fritters all the time uh, when we're in the studio. Well, we've got apple fritters here. And so you need to come get you a cup of coffee and, and an apple fritter. Um, and then we've got uh, the tasty, tasty food trucks coming. Uh, I made coleslaw, and a friend of mine helped me out there. She made some chili. So we got homemade chili, homemade coleslaw, and we're going to have hot dogs with uh, also Greek food. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to try to make a Rufus dog and see how good we can do today. So you, you're going to have hot dogs and Mediterranean food? We got it. Yep, that's what we're going to do. So you're going to have hummus? I uh, won't have any hummus today. Darn. But we'll have uh <laughs> That would have made a good addition to your hot dog, Rufus. <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> you, listen, you can make hummus. I'll reserve comment on that. <laughs> any any way you want it. That's right. I, I had rather eat sawdust than hummus. Oh, man. No, no. It, was, it was really good. I, I, I had good it every morning. Good hummus is really good. And I had it for every meal yep. in, in Israel uh, yep. a few weeks ago. By the way, I don't think I even mentioned it, that there were yellow flowers Everywhere you looked, at, at least north of Jerusalem, uh, and they were mustard. It was the mustard flower mm -hmm. plant. Uh -huh. uh, but that extraordinary. You didn't expect to see any anything like that. Then we and now they're all over the pasture. I thought it was mustard, but the NC State calls it um, calls it uh, pasture flower, pasture pasture weed. Right. So there you get little yellow flowers right. all over pastures. And um, we've got, we do have horseradish here. Richard was talking about that on the phone um, when he called in. And he was asking about harvesting it. And I've got Shane here. Um, Shane all is right, Shane, Shane's my manager us. and um, my go-to person for almost everything these days. Um, he's kind enough to come and, and work with us. And um, I'm just glad that that he did that made that decision Absolutely. and so so shane can talk to you a little bit about the veggies and the demonstration garden and the horseradish why don't we start with the horseradish all right what was what why, was the question horseradish exactly? that's my question he was asking about how to harvest harvest. harvest okay yeah when to harvest the what i would say about harvesting is after a good hard frost i guess if you're growing it in this area the tough thing is we may not have a frost the way the weather seems to be going but 
I know that's what that's what I've read about, and that's what's worked for me. After you have a, a good frost, then it it has a much uh, stronger taste to it, much better flavor. And then when you dig it up, what I would do is use like a potato peeler and peel the kind of the exterior of the tuber off that's kind of brown and, and uh, it, it tastes more earthy. And then you can chop it up in some type of food chopper and add a little bit of vinegar to it, something just as a preservative, and you can freeze it. I freeze probably a dozen jars a year of it. Make a sandwich out of it, or what do you do? Well, what I usually do is cocktail sauce most of the time. I'll make my own cocktail sauce, and you can make it as strong as you want. Is it a bulb? It's is a, it a bulb like thing? It's a tuber. <coughs> yeah, like a like an iris? Yeah. It, it actually it is like an iris. I'll have to bring one in here and show you because we've uh, propagated some here. Now, the thing I'll tell you about it, it grows really well. I took maybe three or four tubers that were six eight inches long and I got 75 plants I cut each one probably about an inch long just stuck it under the soil and it came up like gangbusters well, so I'll like, bring one in and show you like cutting a tomato with the, I mean a potato with the eyes in it yeah yeah so you got a demonstration garden vegetable garden here we do have we have some beds out here in the front I don't know if you've seen those yet but we started out with some of the cooler season crops like uh, the lettuce and some of the other greens and as the weather started to warm up kind of slowly we've added some other things in there we, we have sweet peas um, we've just put in some peppers and tomatoes and we'll probably add some okra soon but we have maybe a dozen beds out here and we'd be glad to talk to anybody about it I and mean, stuff's growing up pretty well yeah I noticed the big tomato place on 64 going toward the Pittsburgh is uh, has plant beds covered uh, for uh, some of their fields of uh, tomatoes. I don't know what else they're growing, but uh, so that, yeah, it's it's always a sketchy time of year as to whether you plant plant tomatoes or, or not. Well, how do you come down on that? Yeah, it, the weather, I mean, just working out here and seeing, I'm learning so much every day yeah. about it. And the cold, you really, you can see kind of how the cold works. A lot of people, uh, what we've had to tell them is they don't understand is there's some places you can find tomatoes probably January and February that right. some places put it out. But it's just, it's way too cold. And even after... Uh, the last frost, when the weather gets down in the 40s or something, tomatoes, they, they kind of shrivel up a little bit. They'll be fine. Um, but we've had our tomatoes out uh, in the greenhouses for a few weeks uncovered. And they just, they, they don't take off growing so well. Um, yeah, and, and looking at what we grow, probably what took the biggest hit, uh, a lot of the basil didn't like it at all when it got, got a little bit cooler. Do you grow vegetables? Uh, you probably don't. You don't, obviously, at the botanical gardens, but do you grow them at home? Uh, I don't have much sun at home to grow them, but I will oh, say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most gardeners don't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that, uh, you know, we also manage these um, uh, these uh, vegetable and herb gardens all around campus at UNC, part of the Edible Campus yeah. Initiative. Uh, so they do grow tomatoes, lots of other vegetables, uh, some herbs. And then we also have this Carolina uh, campus community garden uh, that is right in the middle of Chapel Hill. And that's a program that we've been running for years where we grow uh, vegetables, uh, volunteer groups come and help us harvest it, and then we make it available to some of the lowest 
paid, uh, you know, uh, employees within the state. So a lot of uh, janitorial staff or, you know, uh, service staff, um, you know, that um, could use some extra assistance to get food on the table. Right. Very good. Shane, anything you wanted to add? Uh, I you guess sit here with us if you want to. I'm getting ready to go to uh, Jerry, who lives between Benson and Garner. Jerry, good morning. You're on WPTF. listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF at 917. Uh, Jerry, I think, is with us now. Hey, Jerry. Morning. How can we help you? How y'all doing today? We're doing fine. How can we help you? Um, I had a question about a dogwood tree. I've been messing with dogwood for a long time. And uh, I bought a new house, and I planted seven, and I planted one a little bigger in a garden spot. And they all look pretty good until this year. The, the bigger one, it's as big as your wrist. Um, I noticed a crack in the bark, and it didn't do much blooming, and now it's pretty much looks like it's drying up. Um, it sounds like it's probably dead to me. Is there any chance that it might come back, you reckon? I, I would think if it didn't leaf out any that it's probably a goner i know they dan they do dogwoods have have boars and they have uh, they have a lot of problems yeah uh boars down here up the uh, western part of the state uh anthracnos is more of an issue yeah. uh they can be a little uh temperamental for a native tree that's you know widespread uh they can be a little little touchy when you bring them into the garden uh they don't like to be uh they don't like their roots really exposed they like a nice blanket of mulch uh we've had some uh challenges with some that we've planted out at the garden sometimes if you cut them back uh you know some new shoots will come back out from the roots so maybe not all hope is lost yeah and they don't like a lot of they don't like a lot of sun uh usually they seem yeah. to bake i'll tell you what is a good alternative to the uh florida dogwood as it's called is the kusa dogwood the korean dogwood and it yeah. it, it um, the bracts come out the blooms after it's leafed out it, it's kind of a unique looking plant there are a lot of different varieties of that and it's a lot hardier in the dam you find yeah. that yeah uh and they have been you know the nursery industry has been making some uh, uh cultivars and varieties of uh the native cornus florida uh that are a little bit more uh tolerant to the anthracnose um if that's the issue yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was going to actually ask you about that because i saw my first one down in the local nursery a couple days ago and it was an acusa and um they they said they were a little more hardy, and then somebody else told me they weren't much different than them. But um, okay. would you wait? Would you wait um, a year or two before you plant one back in the same spot? Because this kind of was in a central location, or would it be all right just to take that one out and replace it? You think? Well, I tell you, you would be better off maybe removing it if you're if you're sure that it's gone, and uh, maybe planting something in the fall to replace it and. Uh, Dan, do you have any other suggestions? What t- what type of growing conditions do you have? It's, right it's sandy soil, and it is out in the sun. Yeah. But like I said, it did great for four years, and it, it grew from, you know, about an inch wide, inch and a half to about four inches wide, and it was a beautiful tree. And then this year, I noticed a crack in the trunk, 
uh, and yeah. bark peeling and some limb, dead, you know, that some of the uh, limbs won't branching out or leafing out. And there's a couple of little sprigs now, but that's about all that's green. So there are some leaves on it? A few, just a few in one spot. Yeah, I don't know if you can um, really count on that tree to survive. Yeah, might might also, since you got some living tissue on it, might be worth contacting the plant clinic uh, over at NC State. Uh, you know, sometimes in that transition where you got live tissue and, you know, uh, suspect plant disease, they can uh, take a sample and get you a better handle on what's going on on that site. What would you, uh, what's another tree that he might try that would be... I'm similar a, or in like sunlight. Yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge proponent of uh, using uh, redbud, uh, you know, in a sunny location. It's another sort of forest edge species that, you know, really takes off if you get a, a little extra TLC. And we were talk, talking about Denny Warner uh, earlier in the program, who's just come out with some fantastic uh, cultivars. Uh, and they're, you know, out in the trade now, some, some really exciting stuff. Yeah, uh, there there are several that uh, Dr. Warner Warner who uh, doesn't live too far from here and uh, visits occasionally uh, has come up with, and one of them is called flamethrower, and that one has uh, leaves that are when they come out, and I guess for the for, for uh, all during the year they're green and and uh, maroon and yellow. They're all kind of a mix. Of, uh, of those shades, and it, it's really, a, really an interesting-looking tree. And there's there's several that have variegated leaves that are white and green. There's some that are are maroon. There's a Chinese. There are varieties of the Chinese redbud that uh, it's more upright, and they all like they they all like sun. Yeah, they they can well, deal with the sun. Yeah, my wife's been wanting the redbud. Um, I was wanting something that was uh, didn't get humongous to overpower everything there, so I guess they make different varieties. I just Lots of different varieties. Stuff. There's even uh, a variety called Ru- um, Ruby Falls, and that's a weeping red bud, and, and you can find them that uh, have they're grafted, and so they, the graft may be kind of high, and so it's a little... Um, it has a different look than ones that are grafted low. It, uh, the ones that uh-huh. are grafted low are a little... Fatter, and they don't get. I planted one at St. Michael's Episcopal several years ago, and it's uh, it may be six feet tall, maybe five feet tall now, and yeah. um, you know it's it's just a gorgeous tree. It's really a, yeah. a show showpiece. So I think there, I'm there a lot of different. You can find a lot of different varieties of redbud. Yeah. Well, Jerry, getting back to dogwoods, I found that when they start looking a little peaked, if if I use Epsom salts around the drip line, they'll perk right back up. Now, I, I think the crack in yours is a serious thing. That's that's some sort of a, a rod or something. But if you're if you yours look a little peaked, try try some Epsom salt. Just spread it around the, the drip line, and it will make them just bloom like crazy. And mine have to be 50, 60 years old. And they oh, survived wow. that that dreaded disease, Dan, that came along about 20 years ago. Would you do it now or wait till next year? No, you can still do that right now. Okay. I I spoke with the county extension officer about about the tree, and he said that when we get to late frost a lot of or late freezes a lot of times, when the sap rises in a tree like that, you know, and it and it 
then it freezes it, and the sun hits it, it causes it to crack. So um, that kind of makes sense, I guess, in a way, kind of like water freezing. But uh, so I don't know. I think I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and just this fall and and maybe plant one if it don't look any better, redo it. Oh. All but, right. Okay. Well, I appreciate good, good it. Good luck. Hey, keep us updated on that, Jerry. Okay. All right. Please call uh, us thank again. Thank Are you uh? Are you down around McGee's Crossroads, or? Yeah, right there at McGee. Right before we get to McGee's Crossroads, off Old Fireground Road, right close to Stevenson's Barbecue. Yeah, you gonna have barbecue there today? That's <laughs> no, good. No, I do eat that pretty regularly. They have yeah. other good. They have barbecue. But they have some good old. They have a special every day. Really yeah. good food. All right. Yeah, well, good chicken pastry. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to have that restaurant nearby. I know. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Yeah. Have a wonderful day, Jerry. Okay. You guys too. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Rose Rhodes, the author, in uh, in Princeton, North Carolina. Hey, Rose. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good? I, I, yes, ma'am. Doing great. Thank you. Yeah, we've got J.C. Knowles here with us now. We're We're all... All doing well. Oh, yeah. I've known him a long time. I've known of him a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been Bird. here a long time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But anyway, um, yeah, we're talking about the Corliss or the Harry Louder's walking stick. Yeah. Those branches make the most wonderful arrangements. If you go in and find some growth from last year and then put three or five in a vase, and they're just gorgeous. Yeah, that that, that would be. And that my grandson nice. used to call about them that. the uh, scary plant in the winter. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, yeah, it's great for Halloween. I mean, it really looks spooky. <laughs> That's right. And people like to hang things in their tree during um, during that season, and and that's a great tree to have to do that. And the other thing I wanted to tell you was that on my farm, I found rhododendron growing, and I'm just at the edge of Johnston County, near Wayne County. Mm. And it's amazing. I brought one to the house, and it blooms white instead of pink. Wow. And so I have enjoyed that. And that's about all I know this morning, except uh, I believe that's all I was going to tell you. <laughs> and do we, do we find rhododendron growing wild? Because uh, how long have you owned this property, Rose? Oh, goodness. Probably, let's see, 50 years, probably. Yeah. So or longer it, than that, maybe. Is it normal to find uh, in you know sandy soil like that uh, down east to find something like that growing? That's I mean pretty uncommon. It's yeah. kind of pushing it. You know no, here in the triangle there on north facing slopes where you know they get a little break from the hot afternoon sun. Um, but you know further east it's uh, rare rare occurrence. Yeah, I'm not. Too, well, I may be several miles from Flower Hill if you're familiar with that. I don't know if that's in Nash or Wilson County. I never that's a wonderful not. place to go, and it's a nature preserve now. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow, is that part of the Triangle Land Conservancy? It is. Uh huh. And pro in the third Sunday of May, that's when they usually have a tour. But I don't know about now since the pandemic. I don't know what they're doing. But it's a wonderful tour to take, and they have several rare plants. Yeah, I was just out last weekend at uh, Rumley Forest, which is another property that uh, TLC manages. Uh, you know, over in Orange County. Yeah. yeah, it's good to see that stuff that comes in nature, you know, that's Absolutely. so unusual. 
Well, Rose, always a, a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for sharing your, your insight and what's in your yard. Well, I'm just having a good time in my yard. I like well, to good. see it all the time. <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, and I love hearing you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, uh, we're at Campbell Road Nursery in Raleigh with a weekend gardener. More coming up. back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF, the Weekend Gardener. Mike Riley here along with Ann Clapp. Rufus Edmonston is somewhere shaking hands probably. And uh, Dan Stern is with us. He's the uh, director of the North Carolina Botanical Gardens in Chapel Hill. Um, we're at Campbell Road Nursery with uh, Miss Campbell. And uh, J.C. Knowles popped out of, out of nowhere. JC, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm getting along pretty good. Uh, my uh, neuropathy is about to get the best on me, I'm though. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, so, what's been going on? You've been uh, well. I reading just history or been been uh, publishing my newsletters, reading history, cleaning out my files and everything. So I've I've been busy at home. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, I get out in the yard very limited. Yeah. Uh, you have some window boxes, don't you? That no, the man's going to. I think he's going to deliver it Monday. Okay. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I want one because I had to move my office inside the house rather than out the room yard? off the garage. No, but <laughs> a little room off of the garage. Oh, okay. But I had to keep my eye on my wife, you know, <laughs> right. twenty-four hours a day. Yeah. But. Uh, I got it right in my desk is right in front of the window, so I can just look and see the box. I got me a squirrel, uh, a squirrel feeder. Oh, okay. It's supposed this, to be a bird feeder, but I tell you, I got three squirrels. I can't get rid of them to save my life. Yeah, yeah, well. But I enjoy watching them, and oh, of sure. course, I've got one of these. If you, if they really get up on the the right level, it'll automatically close on them because of the weight of it. Right. But uh, but they have figured out how they can get up underneath it, and all. Doggone it! They're so smart. But I I have two family of cardinals that they come out there all different times of the day. I love to watch them. Yeah, yeah. They stay yeah. together all their lives, and they're they uh, yeah. they're pretty loyal as long as you got some. And they'll come back and and check whether you got feed or not. They. Yeah. You know, so. And of course, my gardens and uh, everything. I've been living 35 years where i'm at right and uh my i call i called in a week or so ago and i call them yellow bells i think you call That's them sisyphia or something Sisyphia, yeah. yeah they bloom beautifully every year i got two long rows of them about 30 feet long yeah they like some my, uh i have about 24 hours <laughs> that grew this year that and they were triple bloom every one of them my zayas didn't do anything. My knockout roses, I'm going to pull them up because uh, my uh, grandson and my daughter, they're going to bring the big pots to the house tonight. And tomorrow we're going to plant some tomatoes and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, 
the uh, bush that grows in the mountains. Yeah, rhododendron? Rhododendron. Yeah, like this. Yeah. Well, I had uh, one in my yard when I moved there, and it would bloom every year. 30, 35 blooms on it. Oh, wow. But this year it's only got one. It's, I mean, it's dying out. I'm going to have to get rid of it. Yeah. Do you have uh, peonies or peonies? Nope. Uh, uh, the, uh, I don't have any real small flowers. Yeah. You know, Mr. Friday, uh, every time I see the ones my yard growing, uh, William Friday loved his peonies. And we would talk, he, he listened to the show and uh, had Ann and, and me on North Carolina People in oh. 2006. And uh, he loved his peonies or peonies. He said peonies. Learned man that he was, but he, uh, yeah, I always always think about it. Rufus, do you have uh, a lot of uh, peonies in your yard? Certainly do. Love them. My favorite. They just don't last long enough. They don't. They really don't. I, I've got uh, cut one that just suddenly bloomed and, and brought it in the house and enjoy the fragrance. Dan, I'm sure peonies. There are a few that we've got planted up at the Coco Arboretum on campus at UNC, yeah. but not down at the main. They really garden. don't like to be moved either. Yeah. Been. And uh, iris. I bought an iris from the Botanical Gardens last year. There were some, uh, there are plants for sale there at the gift shop. Uh huh. Yeah, and we've got plants out there for sale March through November. Yeah, so um, you know, it was an unusual one, too. And um, you know, I love iris. They're such a, such a staple of North Carolina gardens. Right now, there's a, a really cute little woodland iris uh, that we've got all over the gardens and uh, may even be some on the plant sale this year, uh, a little uh, cre- uh, dwarf crested iris. Now, when is the plant sale? Uh, next in? Saturday, uh, the May 7th, 10.30 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. We'll have a lot of really interesting wildflowers there, some great pollinator species, uh, Joe pieweed, uh, cardinal flower, swamp milkweed, uh, really nice way to invite nature into your garden yeah absolutely it's right beside uh, Fenley Fenley, uh, Golf Course that's right that's right on Old Mason Farm Road kind of just just downhill from the Dean Dome off of Mm -hmm. 15501 Fordham Boulevard you've got plenty of parking there we actually have set up some satellite parking uh, on Old Mason Farm Road at the Finley Athletic Fields and we'll have a shuttle running people uh, you know to the main site and back to their car excellent once you get all that that great those great statues Still around that beautiful sculptor work. Yeah. That's worth coming seeing if you're not a an advocate of flowers and nature. We have a few permanent pieces in the garden, Rufus, um, but each fall we have like a three-month uh, outdoor sculpture show, right. usually uh, sort of mid-September, uh, you know, through the latter part of November, early December. So that's something to look forward to, uh, you know, at the other end of the growing season. Mm-hmm. And folks can uh, join the botanical gardens that's right you can join online uh you know visit our website uh, ncbg.unc.edu uh there's information there on how to join uh you can also join if you come to the plant sale next weekend you can join on site uh members get a 10 percent discount on uh, north carolina botanical garden plants excellent um a lady listen first steve uh from garner said hand sanitizer works well in pots and pans for for uh, getting rid of the germs and hmm. about that hmm. uh, and a, a lady called and wants to find a pink Berkeley tie-dye pink Berkeley that's tie-dye. that's uh, that's in Gerald Adams 
Oh, that's a tomato. Yep. That's a tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, hey, Sim McKeever is uh, the manager of the Farmer's Market in Raleigh. Uh, Sim, y'all got any pink Berkeley tie-dyes out there that were greenhouse-grown? Sim? Anybody here? Oh, can you hear I know, I know that's, one of, that's one of J.C.'s special, uh, not J.C., my dear friend J.C., that's one of Gerald's specialties is the pink tie-dye yeah. in Berkeley. So he probably sold some seeds of uh, the pink Berkeley tie-dye. Uh, Sam, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing good, doing good. I think if anybody would have it, I believe Gerald would be the one to try. Yeah. Uh, Gerald and Henry's tomatoes. Is that it? Yeah, Gerald and Henry, I think is what it's called, or Henry and Gerald. I can't remember which way they got it. Gerald and Henry, I believe. Uh, So uh, I'll find that website, and you can can probably order something from, or he'll tell you how to uh, text him, or or not text him, but email him and probably um, find out about that. So, I mean, do you all have, y'all don't have a lot of uh, different varieties out there usually, do you? Um, As far as tomato plants go? Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, Gerald has a, has a, and Henry, they yeah. have a bunch. Uh, right. And then there's there's some of the other vendors, like Bynum's Nursery and stuff. They have they carry quite a few varieties of, uh, of vegetable plants as well. Okay. So, yeah. So she can check out there, but uh, we'll, we'll get uh, Gerald's website. Uh, Gerald will be with us, by the way, at the Farmer's Market on May 14th, should we uh, choose to, to go out there. Well, if somebody will show up, if somebody will show up, I guess we'll be there. <laughs> we'll all, we'll all show fun. up. Well, uh, well, you got to be told before you can show up. Told there's an event. So, uh, Sim, uh, what what you got going on out there this morning? Well, the big thing right now is uh, talking about plants, but uh, the big thing in vegetables right now is uh, uh, strawberries. Yes, and are they? Uh, they're they're hanging on pretty good pretty good while here. A lot of people out picking. Yeah, we, uh, pick we your just, own. Uh, had two more vendors, two more farmers come in uh, this past week, and then I, I know we have one more strawberry farmer coming in Monday. So uh, they're just they're just hitting their stride. So uh, yeah, have they had any problems this year? I know we've had uh, it's been kind of up and down with the weather. Uh, I do think the weather. I know one that came in this past week. Uh, he said the weather slowed him down a little bit with his strawberries. Uh, he might have would have been here a week earlier, but he. Uh, kind of slowed him down a little bit but i've heard nothing but good things and they sure do taste good yeah yeah and while we're talking about strawberries i I was also going to mention we have uh strawberry day may 12th you sit down you might so come out and see us may 12th on strawberry day yeah Uh, strawberry day uh and will there be a dessert contest or anything like that or um we're not we're not going to do the dessert contest this year we're still and and i was going to mention that you know we're happy to have strawberry day this year and some of our other events that are coming up because uh in the past with covid we haven't had uh haven't had you know those type of events so we're we're happy to have it this year and the, unfortunately the dessert contest was decided maybe let's let's make sure we get clear of covid before we uh start right. doing uh dessert yeah. contest again sure so. that's great okay and uh, you have uh, lots of other vegetables. I'm sure you have as fresh asparagus and things like that. Yeah, that was my next one. Uh, asparagus got plenty of it coming in right now. Um, I know. I don't think they got it down there in the retail right now, but uh, I know garden peas are getting ready to get started. Um, apples. Uh, you got butternut, acorn, and spaghetti squash, beets, broccoli, uh, Brussels sprouts. 
uh, cabbage, lettuce, carrots, cauliflower, um, onions, Swiss chard, uh, collards, kale, mustard, spinach. Uh, we've got some tunnel-grown tomatoes and cucumbers, uh, garlic, see red and white potatoes, got a lot of cut herbs down there, peanuts, sweet potatoes, honey, and eggs. So it's still early in the year, but we've got a lot of stuff coming in. That's uh, quite a combination. Honey and eggs. That's right. Uh, hey, uh, JC wants to know uh, about fresh corn. Well, we're still, we, we still are ways out on corn. Yeah, that'd be uh, late June? Yeah, I was going to say late June would be about the right time for corn. So it won't, It'll be here before you know it, though. Heck, we're almost in May. I know, and there's so many varieties, uh, some early, some late. Uh, yeah, they got a lot of improved varieties on corn now. And, uh, they, you know, they... They keep getting it better and better, and I tell you what, there's nothing like fresh corn. Right? That that's one thing I notice a huge difference from being fresh. Uh, it's all better fresh. Don't get me wrong, but corn's one that I really notice a big difference in. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it won't be long for. I mean, you know, about the same time we'll start getting peaches in. That's right, peaches, and then a little while after that you'll have some cantaloupes and watermelons and. Uh, I'm getting hungry. Ooh. Yeah, don't don't mention the butter beans and peas. That, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going clock. if you want to, but it uh, we ain't quite there yet. But we'll, it, yeah, ain't, it ain't far just, off. I know. Thank thank goodness. We, uh, you know, I need to to watch my uh, figure. <laughs> We're going to eat all of that at the same time. So you got plants out there too, don't you? We sure do. Uh, got all our plant vendors are in now. Uh, a lot of beautiful ornamental trees and shrubs, uh, a lot of vegetable plants and all kinds of varieties of vegetable plants, uh, perennials, herbs, succulents, aquatic plants, uh, beautiful uh, ferns and hanging baskets, bedding plants, um, cut flowers. I know Mother's Day is coming up this this coming weekend, so uh, you can uh, come out here and get, get Mom a bouquet of flowers. I, I know she will like that because they sure are beautiful. Uh, that's right-o. For that and up in the market shops, you can probably find some other things from Mother's Day. All kinds of good stuff up there. Uh, great baked good items, uh, jams, pies, um, cakes, uh, bread. Um, just uh, you just just let your uh, nose lead the way when you walk in the building. Um, all ki- all kinds of North Carolina farm raised meats, eggs, cheeses. Um, you got a coffee shop three two one coffee up there. All kinds of preserves. Barbecue sauces, um, North Carolina wines. Um, you got the hammock, the hammock, and an outdoor furniture shop up there. Uh, really neat, neat store. If you've not been up there, be sure to check them out. Um, soaps and hand lotions. Of course, you've got the uh, Market Grill. Uh, get you some walking around food. They serve breakfast and lunch. And of course, we got a couple other good eating places out here as well. You've got the uh, North Carolina Seafood Restaurant. They open up at 11 a.m. and uh, close at 8 p.m. And then, of course, you've got the State Farmer's Market restaurant up on the hill there. Uh, open up at 6 a.m., close at 3 p.m. Great country cooking. Get you one of those good biscuits. Um, make a make a, a meal and a and shopping experience out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds good to me. Um, market imports and... Uh Folks down there selling selling up sod like it's going out of style. That's right. The sod trucks keep rolling in and out. They sure do. Uh, selling a lot of sod. I guess they're kind of creeping into the uh, summer grasses now. Uh, Bermuda and zoysia, uh, centipede. Um, so 
So yeah, they're selling a lot of sod right now. And then uh, you mentioned market imports up on the top of the hill above the restaurant, uh, wrought iron, teak, pottery, um, just an enormous amount of pottery, um, water fountains, just really uh, all kinds of home decor, really neat place to visit. And of course we got uh, Nahana Pork Center. Uh, anything you want pork, they got they got you covered, and you can even get a whole hog if, if you're looking one. So, uh, and they're they're kind of down below the seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. All right, I bet you don't have any chitlins. I've got the great the great chitlin club uh, prayer master and and storyteller here, J.C. Knowles. And, and you know, in Chitlin. and we and also Mike Rayleigh, we're all three members of the Wake County Chitlin Club. And I've had inquiry of whether or not people can find any chitlin, chitlins at the farmer's market, uh, may, maybe Nahana, Nahana, Nahana. You know, I want to say you can't. I almost think I've seen it in there, but I, I'll double check on it. I, I would say, of they, course you can. But I, I think you, I think they have it. I'm, I'm positive I've seen them in there. If they don't carry them, we're going to bring them to trial. Okay, all right. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, but the CIA, the Chitlin Investigative Agency, Dan, I, is, I got you. is a very highly, uh, highly feared organization, <laughs> and you don't want to run across of it. And this was an organization that was started by a former governor, Carl, Carl Scott. Scott. He, he said that he had all these fancy highfalutin things around Raleigh, and he wanted something for the average ordinary man and, well, man, I won't put it about women because uh, no women like they to be around They would never be, no, be caught in No, they wouldn't, like be, they wouldn't be caught in that. And he got it going, and it, it dropped dead for a little while, and I took a hold of it and uh, got all chitlined up. Now, how many raids do you think uh, have occurred over the years at, at those meetings? J.C., how many times have the police shown up? <laughs> that, that is uh, a secret with the <laughs> CIA. That's right. we got to make sure the lawyer's with us before we can say anything about that. So uh, so make sure they have some chitlins is what we're trying to say, Sam. I'll do my homework. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk with Larry Pierce. Now, I was going to tell you, you know, if y'all go to trial, Larry Pierce, the owner at Nahana, he is the Wayne County Sheriff, so you might have your work cut out for you. If you go to trial in Wayne County, well, we could, that we is, call him as a. Uh, that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, that might be a challenge. Well, he'd be up being a witness against himself. Yeah. <laughs> that's an excuse. <laughs> you could ask him to join. That's that's the solution. That would then he can't testify against us. By the way, before I forget it, somebody tell me what this wonderful little flower that's been at my home for years and years and years on the ground, ground cover, oxalis. You heard of that, Dan? Yeah, my kids call it sour grass. I love it. Yeah. Isn't that a weed? Well, some people call <laughs> all it. All in the eye of the beholder, <laughs> Mike. All, all in the eye little, of the beholder. I always call it a beautiful, beautiful little thing. Yeah, it is. Little, little, some of them have little pink flowers. Right. And some, sometimes it's yellow, depending on what sometimes species white, it is. Yes, right. Uh, but those, um, you know, that the, those that foliage is uh, got a lot of vitamin C in it. It's real tangy. My kids loved forage yeah. on that. You got any oxalis out there, <laughs> Sim? What's that now? You got any oxalis for sale out there? 
Uh, uh, y'all giving me a lot of homework. <laughs> and you don't want to do it. No, he, he, this is a Saturday. You don't want to do any homework. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm back in school. I'm sorry. Is, is Phil familiar with oxalis? I am. It comes up in just about every pot that you can sit down, plant and sit down. Oh, well, you so you've got it for sale out here. <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> Sim, take it easy, buddy. All right, y'all have a great weekend. All right, we'll talk to you next week. You know, if uh, is your lawn looking a little ragged from winter critter damage? Have moles dug tunnels in your lawn? Have plants yes. been devoured by voles? Are you ready to give up on gardening because you're just fed up with the damage caused by moles and voles? Well, don't be discouraged. End the damage with I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent. <laughs> Available in liquid and granular, I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent has a super strong formulation that is effective and easy to use. I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent works without the use of harmful chemicals or toxins. Did you know that many products that kill moles and voles can be an undesirable product in, in the lawn? It can have quite an effect, maybe killing plants and animals, but not I Must Garden Mole and vole repellent. It contains only natural ingredients and botanical oils, giving you peace of mind that you won't be unintentionally poisoning any animals, pets, or birds. I must garden repellents are sold all over the Triangle area. Look for I must garden mole and vole repellent, a big orange bag at your favorite garden center or hardware store, and of course, right here at Campbell Road Nursery. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other I Must Garden natural repellents for deer, rabbits, squirrels, moles, voles, snakes, dogs, cats, and more. Protect your garden today with safe and humane repellents from I Must Garden. While you're out there uh, planting your oxalis, uh, <laughs> try, uh, try using black cow. You know, every time you buy a bag of black cow, you're, you're helping the environment. Isn't that a nice thing? black cow process helps to repurpose manure so okay. <laughs> here an amen so it is uh, environmentally friendly and beneficial for for your garden and lawn black cow contains up to 10 times more nutrients and microbes than garden soils and it helps to retain moisture too especially if you have sandy soil that'd be nice your uh, lawn flower beds and vegetable gardens we get off to a great start with black cow. Everything grows better with sun, water, and black cow. For more details, check out the website at blackcow.com. So, uh, JC, uh, give us an historic. We got a little less than two minutes here. Tell us a little uh, minute and a half history story. Well, I'm giving a talk to the Lions Club. Yeah, grab your mic. I'm giving a talk to the Lions Club Monday, and I'm talking about the Civil War. Okay. People don't realize the importance that Raleigh played in the Civil War. And of course, Sherman, the war, I say the war ended in Raleigh, yeah. because that's where Sherman was, in the old governor's mansion, which was at the foot of Federal Street, where Memorial Auditorium is now. Right. Uh, Sherman used that as his headquarters. And of course, when he left Raleigh, the, uh, the state closed it permanently. 
And the only explanation they gave was the fact that a Yankee had occupied it. It was no longer fit for human habitation, and they closed it. Now, Christ Church was used as a, a, uh, a hospital, right? Yep. Uh, is, yeah, two. First Baptist Church was a Christ Church Peace Institute, it was called then. Peace, uh, William Peace they were all Christ used as hospitals. And the, yeah. the capital uh, saw a few Yankees, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And. Uh, the, about 15 seconds. Well, uh, let's just say that uh, people should study the Civil War. Absolutely. And yeah. and it's uh, it has a great history behind it. Yeah. So we'll be back with more from Campbell Road Nursery here on the WPTF Weekend Gardener.